This is your place for all things Detroit Red Wings and all things Chicago Blackhawks. With your hosts, Jordan Linscott, David Barnhouse, Nick LePage, and Tim Stampanato. This is the Stickblade Podcast. Everybody, welcome to another edition of the Stick Blade Podcast. Here's your place for all things Detroit Red Wings, all things Chicago Blackhawks, and news around the NHL. On tonight's episode, it's going to be a bit of a short one. There's not really much wings for the Hawks, or not really much news for the Hawks or wings this week. Sorry, I had a little bit of a, uh, a jib jab. That being said, there is a couple pieces of just decent news, particularly for the Wings. Um, and the Hawks have a couple pieces of news to talk about as well. Uh, really quickly, just going through the topic that we have for tonight. Um, on the Hawks end of the podcast, we're talking about the fact that Brandon Hagel has officially re-signed with the club. A key piece for them, it looks like moving forward, one of those one you know diamond in the rough type players that organizations really need to compete when they reach the summit again. And also, Neander signs his new contract with the club. Also, uh, Troy Murray has been diagnosed with cancer, and also the passing of Tony Esposito, the Blackhawks legend himself. So a couple nice pieces of news, but also some kind of downers. And then over on the wing side of the podcast, we're going to be talking about the fact that Sebastian Cosa has signed his entry-level contract with the club. Uh, Jacob Verana signs a three-year $5.25 million deal with the club. And then Adam Ernie makes out a little bit with two-year $2.1 million per contract. So not really big signings with the clubs, but you know what? They're signings with the clubs either way, and they're players who are going to be around at least for a little bit of term. So just something to talk about. With all that being said, though, I'm your host for tonight, Jordan Lynn Scott, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Tim Stampanato and Nick LePage. Everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the Stickblade Podcast. Tim and Nick, how are you guys doing? I, I'm feeling great. I mean, listen, the Sox won the Field of Dreams game. The Bears won their preseason game. Justin, uh, yeah, Justin Fields looked good. I, I'm all right. Like, the, the Bulls are making some good moves. I, it, it could be a good year. I mean, I'm not a Cubs fan, so luckily that's my saving grace. Yeah, you're lucky now. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm feeling good about uh, Chicago sports. Yeah. I mean, for once and it feels like a long time right. to, in general, besides the Chicago Cubs, the city of Chicago is on the up and up with their sports teams. So I'll uh, take it. Cubs were just announced to be in the field of dreams game next year. So that's exciting. I, I Hopefully you have a team. It might Bye, be our, it might be our AAA team, but <laughs> the Cubs are in it. They didn't say if it was the Iowa or Chicago Cubs, just the Cubs. Uh, but no, uh, things are going good, you know, refreshed. It's, we took a week off and now, now we got some news to actually share. So, yeah. uh, as always, I'm looking forward to this episode, boys. You got it. Yeah. So for anybody who didn't watch the field of dreams game, man, you missed it. That was such a great game. Like it had you always see the epic finishes and like, you know, the movies, that was a real life epic finish and what a great game to have it on. It was a real life movie. Yeah, I, I feel like all, all the stars on both teams did their jobs, you know, home runs, just great plays. It's the Sox and the Yankees. So it's this like wonderful you know, rivalry competition there with two huge teams. Like, you know, I, Kevin Costner with the narration, like it's, it was fantastic. It was a well put together piece of media on top of a fantastic game. Why can't the NHL have games that are more like this? Like we don't know how to have fun. Ah, I mean, 
they kind of got a little wonky with it at Lake Tahoe last year. Yeah, it, that got real wonky. It, it didn't really go live up to expectations, but I, they're trying. I mean, they got cool. Like the winter class is cool. It's always great with it. New Year's Day, it, it, it makes you wake up and a little giddy for the players. Oh, too. absolutely. It's like they get to play outdoors where they first started. So, but yeah, I mean, the Field of Dreams, I don't think really anything could touch it. It's just an iconic, it's turning into a landmark. Well, and like the NHL is so rooted in tradition and they sort of take themselves very seriously. Yeah. So even like our cool, like different things that they do are still like the NHL, like they don't, we're still not good at letting go and having a little bit of fun. And like, like, I feel like the field of dreams game, like baseball has been pretty good about, you know, letting loose and like, Hey, this is going to be goofy. This is going to be fun. Uh, the all-star game for us is probably the closest we get like the skills competition and the fun with that. But even then, like, it's sort of predictable. Uh, I don't know. I I look forward to this version of the NHL that's moving forward where we're seeing a little more personality in guys and seeing that not get squashed as quickly as it used to. And I think as we move in that direction, we're going to start to see more experiments like the Lake Tahoe game and maybe like some more fun, quirky, unique things to get non-traditional fans catch their attention and like say, okay, I'll check this out. Let's see what this is all about. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, that's really the only option that could go is just like more natural locations. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of like outdoor locations. They could actually like really host on, um, on Lake Michigan, just on like that. Michigan. <laughs> that actually mean, be kind of cool. Listen, that would, if they could pull that off, that would be awesome. I would be all for that. Uh, it'd be like, I mean, you got the Chicago skyline there. Give the Blackhawks yet another outdoor game play between the Red Wings, Blackhawks, you know, I'd love that. I mean, yeah. that'd be great. Sign me up as NHL commissioner. I could do this shit. <laughs> commissioner Nick. Just man. It, I feel like the NHL has such an awesome ability to have cool outdoor games. And I feel like we're just not doing it. Like, the MLB, the Field of Dreams game was perfect. I mean, but MLB has been around a lot longer. I mean, it took them that long to kind of do that. So the Black, or not the Blackhawks, the NHL is kind of scratching the surface with it. I think they got a little, uh, they tested their boundaries with Lake Tahoe. I think uh, we'll see another experiment here there soon. As long as the ice doesn't melt, I'm good. Yeah, right. Don't play it in California, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I hear yeah. it's kind of hard for ice to stay cold. Uh but anyway, let's go ahead and move on to hockey because this is a hockey podcast. So they tell me. So I kind of want to just jump into the Wings news this week. A, because I feel like a lot of it is a lot more impactful to the, what the club's going to be doing long term than what the Hawks are doing right now this week. Um, so the first piece of news, Sebastian Cosa signs his entry-level contract with the club. The goaltender who they signed or who they drafted this year, at, I believe it was what 15 overall, 16 overall. Yeah, it was, I think it was 15. Yeah. So he signs his entry level with the club. I've seen people already getting hyped up on him. I want to squash rumors right now. This kid is not making the NHL, no, barring no. some insane showing at camp. He's going to probably be, be, go, be going back to the Edmonton Oil Kings, or if he's really lucky, the Grand Rapids Griffins. But it's Edmonton Oil Kings. But what I do like about this contract signing is this. It means that Detroit has faith in him in a yes. very short term to be a difference maker or at least to be a AHL if worst case scenario goaltender in three years. And for a goalie, 
That's a great track record to be towards the NHL. It's at age 21, you're maybe making the show. That's that's a great sign for the wings. Yeah, they wasted no time on this. Um, you know, you because with the CHL player, you usually get two years to until you have to sign that entry level contract. Because regardless, he's going to be in the CHL for at least the next two years because he's right. still eligible as a junior. Uh, but no, I mean, they locked him up quick. Uh, I mean, his obviously it's not going to burn his contract, but that third year he's automatically going to the Grand Rapids Griffiths. They don't have to work anything out. They don't have to like he's locked up. So. Uh, it, it's exciting. I mean, you know, they obviously Stevie wise, he's something in numbers like, well, he can make an impact. Maybe he can make an impact sooner or later rather than later. And yeah, I mean, it's good to see, you know, already locking up a key piece of your future and Sebastian Cosa. Well, I mean, like Iserman even mentioned in his like post-draft discussions that when you've got goal, cause you've got Ned and you've got Grice because mm-hmm. when you've got goaltending like that, that's when you draft a Cosa. And they're going to give him all the time in the world to develop. To me, what this signing is, it's the same reason that like the Hawks signed Reichel and we had immediately signed Boquist knowing that he was years away at the time from playing the NHL was control of development. They're going to have the wings are going to now have control of Kosa's development and they can have their guys up there working with him, the organization sort of guiding and structuring his training practices. That's going to be the big thing for me. Why, from my mindset, why they would rush out and sign him when they've got time is we see it. Iserman knows I want to start developing this guy and give him the time. Now it's just how hands-on can the organization be? So I, it's a great move for you guys. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, bar, yeah, and, and I believe barring another crazy covid conflict if uh this kind of holds off uh he's not eligible for the griffins for at least no. two seasons so unless he was an over because he was he's 18 right yeah, yeah he's, he's 18. 18 then yeah because i two think seasons. it's 20 years old yeah. is when they can go is the current agreement yeah so barring anything with the pandemic related incidents uh, he'll be in the, he'll be on the oil kings for the next two years unless yeah. he's some phenom that they're like <laughs> we need him which Eisenman yeah. doesn't do so no, no teams though. Yeah, exactly. It's just, I like it. it it's great that Eisenman's showing that he has this sort yeah. of faith in this player already. And you know what? The one, a one B system seems to be what the NHL is moving it's towards. You need, yeah. Oh, it's a hundred percent. If he can be the one a or the one B in five or six years, when Detroit looks to really be contending. Great. And the fact that he's already signing an ELC means that Iserman thinks he could legit maybe be that piece. I mean, as a goalie at 18, you give him two years in the CHL, you give him two years in the AHL, you give him a year or two as a backup. He's your starter. Mm-hmm. Like by 25, 26, like that's when a lot of goalies are like, yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. And they play into their mid to late thirties. Yeah. It's, you know, drafted and developed, that's kind of what these like short-term or not even short-terms early ELC sort of signifies yeah. the organization's planning to draft and develop you into a piece for the future. It's good signing. It's great signing yeah. it. And it's, it's showing faith that Eiserman's he thinks he has the right pieces here. It, it goes shows, a long way. Too. Yeah. It, it shows faith in Eiserman and it shows faith. The organization clearly has faith 
in Iserman that they have stuck to his plan as we'll talk about in a, maybe a little bit with the Hawks. Uh, he made a plan and every piece that he's made, including the, the COSA signing all fall into place of like just checking things off of his, uh, the Iser plan. It's phenomenal. Um, two other pieces of news that I really want to talk about this week. And these are only, or the only other really two pieces of news that I think the wings have to talk about. Um, the first Adam Ernie signs a two year, $2.1 million contract with the club. For anybody who really wasn't watching that much last season, Adam Ernie was actually secretly kind of good. Now, was he a superstar? Nope. Was he even, would I say, you know, a top six guy? No. But a very good middle six guy, I think, who you can expect the occasional goal from who isn't going to be costing you games due to mistakes left and right. And you know what? Sort of a reclamation project for the wings that looks, you know, not stellar, but looks very good. A player who they picked up who they said, hey, we're going to give you a chance to make it in the NHL on our squad. And he's just kind of taken the bull by the horns and he's doing the thing. Yeah, no, I I like the Ernie signing. I mean, we mentioned a little bit ago, I think when you were mentioning the start of the Hagel talk, it was, you know, you need depth guys. If you can sign a responsible middle six person, that's not going to cost you, might chip in a little bit, but when he's out there, you don't have to worry fantastic and if you can move him up and down a little bit maybe you need to switch lines up a little and you can put him hey we're going to get you out on a shift with us the second line and if he's caught in his own end you don't worry those are the guys that you round out to be a competitive team so i know i I like the ernie signing no i i really love this signing for their wings i mean they they're using the money that they have disposable to them i mean 2.1 million is not that much no. I mean, he had, he had 11 goals and, and 20 points in 45 games last season. So mm-hmm. just under uh, half a point a game. So that's promising for a guy that could play up and down the lineup, yeah. you know, uh, and not to mention he's one of Steve Eiserman's Tampa Bay boys that he drafted when yeah. he was in Tampa. So he has some loyalty to Adam Earn, And, you know, I think this is going to go a long way. He's one of those guys that like Tim and you, you both said it's depth and you can't have enough to depth. You never, <laughs> this is a type of guy that, Hey, he might be around for a while just because he's going to fill the role for anything that he needs. So I really love the signing for Detroit. Um, two, point, two years at 2.1. The other thing that's nice about this, it's short. So let's say he starts to regress a little bit and he just becomes one of the guys who you're like, no, nah, maybe he just overperformed this year. You don't have him for long either. That's the other thing that's nice. You don't have this guy sticking around for five or six years. Right. It's a two-year deal. If he doesn't perform up to par, you trade him. You let him walk, and that's what it is. No hard feelings. He made out like a bandit, and everyone's happy. I mean, it, another way to look at it, too, if he blows up, uh, one year of his UFA is covered. So Yeah. Again, the way I sort of look at it, even at 2.1, if he does an okay year and then, like, regresses, it's still – you could you could put that in the AHL mm-hmm. and bury that a little bit, and, like, you'd save some cap, and it wouldn't be eating too much down there. It, all in all, it, it sort of covers all your bets. Uh, it's there's nothing not to like, like you said, you've got the money. There's no reason not to do this right now. Yeah. I mean, there, there's really no risk. There's no risk. And you got to prove it, a, a guy that's on a bridge deal and, you know, kind of prove it. Let's see if you can continue the production from last season. And then the last piece of news that the wings really have to talk about, it's Jacob Verana signs a three-year $5.25 million contract with the club. Now, 
This one I think is either going to go very well or I think the wings are going to be kicking themselves for it. Because if you look at the stats, Jacob Verona is a great scorer. He's one of the wings best scorers. Not even if you take like the sample size that we had last season away and you look at his overall career stats, his overall career stats are very good. I think they weren't $5 million. The thing that scares me about this is that it's a three-year deal. And if the wings really do think he's a long-term piece of the club, that three years is going to about take him to the point where the wings are really looking to contend again. And I kind of, I wish they would have locked him up longer. And, but how he had arbitration and (sighs) the way that that negotiating process goes, I, I sat back and I was looking at this as that's a very reasonable contract and reasonable term for Jacob Vrana. Uh, he was clearly asking for more again, anytime it's arbitration, it's going to be a tricky process. Uh, and they avoided arbitration by offering him this. Mm-hmm. So I think he would have gotten more in arbitration because we knew he wanted to be paid like a, you know, at least a top six player, uh, that's the, you know, I feel like the three years was a good blend of keeping the cost reasonable while also not putting him on. I'd rather have a three-year deal than a one-year deal at yeah. five point something. Uh, yeah. cause at the next point, if he, if you do get three years down the line and you're ready to contend, you're either gonna pay him or trade him at the deadline. Uh, you're going to know by then what you want from it, or you're going to let him go. Uh, he's either going to be worth it or he's going to be a trade piece to me in my mind. Cause I think there's no doubt that he's going to continue to score, especially in the role he's going to be given. It's just going to be a matter of when the time comes, is he an eight mil guy that you're saying, okay, we're going to lock you up for eight or 9 million for this is your big contract. Or is it, you know, We've got these other pieces that have grown around him. Yeah, I, I think it's a good three-year deal on a reasonable hit for what it what it could have been with arbitration. Yeah, I mean, his analytics just point out that he he's everything that he's drawn out to be. He's this elite offensive weapon that, I mean, his finishing rate is rated at 93% in percentile in ridiculous. the league. So, And then goals for 60 is ranked at, at 100%, so he's top tier in that. So. Yeah, Jakob Verona, he's a, I mean, he's an interesting piece because this is going to be his first full season as a Red Wing. Uh, he's going to get to play with Dylan Larkin. He's going to get used to all that. Tyler Batuzzi. I mean, the only thing really knock on him is his defense, and that's not what he's there for. He's there to right. put the puck in the back of the net. And so I think 5.3, it's when you're when you're going against arbitration with a player like Jakob Verona, you're, you're, your back's against the wall. So this is just a way to avoid it. It's a three-year deal. It takes him to his age 28 season. And then, yeah, you could offer him that big six-year contract and the future seven-year contract. Uh, so, I mean, you got to be excited, though. You're locked up. You don't have to you don't have to deal with this stuff for at least another three years now. Yeah. It, I, like, I like the fact that he's going to be around for three years. I really liked what we saw with the sample size. Even with Washington, what we've seen from him before the Wings yeah. acquired him, I liked what we saw. He is. He's a very gifted offensive player. And defensively is he great no <laughs> but again he's not here to play defense that's how he's there for patrick tank patrick kane didn't make 10.5 a year playing yeah. defense. <laughs> <laughs> there's guys that you just don't you know what you're getting with them and their job is to score 
And if they've got, you don't have to play defense if you've got the puck and you're putting it in somebody's net. Yeah. Uh, and it, he's going to immediately, because this is this will be the first year that he's been with. He'll be with the Wings all year. He's gonna be your number one offensive weapon. I I believe that a hundred percent. Like I know Zadina's there, but I think Zadina's rounded out his game, and I think he's gonna be a more well-rounded player. I think if you're looking pure goal scorer, Verana's your guy. Uh, and I think that he's that he takes a lot of pride in that. He wanted to be uh, that top six first line guy in Washington. There was a lot of, you know, back and forth there of like, where do I fit into this picture? Uh, he fits in that. T- he has a role in Detroit and I think he's going to thrive in it. Yeah. He's in a very exciting piece. I mean, he's lightning in the bottle. He's so fast. Got a hell of a shot. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he fits better than Malta did with yeah. you guys. And not to mention also the other pieces you got in return for that trade. So uh, I mean, it, this. I feel like this takes you that third year is really when Detroit, like that third year, he's like that final year of his contract is when you see Detroit like competing. Yep. I, and, I agree. And that's a big, I think that's a big piece with Irishman too. It's like, Hey, let's see what we look like when we have a good squad and what you do. So, I mean, fair term, fair, uh, fair term for salary. Uh, you know, it's a relatively cheap price for a guy who could put 40 pucks back in the net. I, I just hate, the fact that we've been pumping Detroit's tires so much, like this sucks. Uh, you guys made fine. some really great moves, uh, smart signings, like your whole process. It's easy to get, it's easy to take the rivalries and like all the other stuff aside and say, objectively, these are really solid decisions and your team and your organization are on the right track moving forward. So I, I, I hate it, but I, I can't help but be excited about it. No, yeah, you see logic in it all. Yeah, 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 yeah. it all makes sense. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, this is, and then I sorry, I have one last piece of news I want to talk about. I forgot to mention it at the top of the show, but a couple of the prospect or rankings have came out this season for players who are expected to potentially win the Calder. Um, oh, I'm yeah, trying yeah. to remember who the list I was looking at was from, but somebody had Lucas Raymond ranked at second, just behind Cole Caulfield at first. And Moritz wow. Cider, they had him ranked at fifth. Not I mean, Moritz Cider, I can buy at fifth. I can absolutely yeah. buy that kid at fifth. Yeah, I mean, you guys think we maybe potentially see a defenseman win the Calder and not they immediately just give it to the highest scoring forward? That's the tough part. I mean, Cider's really going to power play a quarterback. A quarterback, a power play. <laughs> <laughs> We're all doing a little flipping around today. Yeah, it's fun. Jesus. It's a late uh, night episode. Yeah, my brain's operating at like 25%, but that's more than normal. Uh, but no, I think Cider, yeah, you have to see a lot of production out of him. I think points obviously matters when it comes to Calder. Uh, you've seen Ned Jelovic. Ned Jelovic. Yeah, he, yep. I, I, I believe he should have won Calder this year for Carolina. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's really just an, it's a points league, so it's tough. I mean, Cole Caulfield, he's going to put 30 to 40 goals in the back of the nets this season already. But Lucas Raymond makes sense. I mean, you put him on a line with Larkin, Zadina, Verana. Like he could rack up points pretty quick, and he's that skilled. So, but, uh, yeah, that's sense. that's so interesting. Because uh, again, I don't know as much about Raymond, uh, honestly. Do you? But I know we've talked about like I know he's going to get every chance to make the team. But like, 
I think we talked about him being in like a third line projecting him at like starting on the third line. Like you, Jordan, you've paid more attention to his year than I have. Certainly. What, what do you see from him? And do you think that these Calder odds are justified? So the odds for Slider, I think absolutely are justified. Yeah, I can get he, down with that. he absolutely ran the Swedish elite league last season. No reason for him to expect him to not be a call to find with a game that should translate to the NHL better than a lot of styles. Mm-hmm. The thing about Lucas Raymond, and it's the only thing that worries me about him is I don't think he's big enough to compete in the NHL yet and really take games over. I think he's going to be a great player long-term. I really do. I think, I can't believe I'm saying it because I love the kid, but I think he might be better than Philip Zadina long-term. And okay. I think the thing is though, I think people are looking at Raymond's offensive potential and what he's doing in the Swedish league and saying, okay, well, when you give him a competent playmaker like Dylan Larkin, for example, he's going to do well, but I don't think if the wings are really looking to, you know, help these guys grow, they're going to put him with Larkin. I think they're going to put him on the second and third line with a guy like Joe Valeno or a guy who is going to help him, you know, learn to play responsibly two way in the NHL, as opposed to just being the setup sniper guy. It's, I would love it if Raymond is a Calder finalist or if he wins the Calder, I would absolutely love it. But I just, I don't see that happening. He would have to take such huge strides to get that point. It's a tough season too. I mean, you got Spencer Knight coming in. You got Trevor Zegers. You got Quentin Byfield, Cole Caulfield. Zegers, I think, would be a dark horse candidate to actually get the Calder. Uh, the, The kid's unreal. I, I like Zegers a lot. I kind of wish the wings would have taken him. But don't you like this though? This is building hype around this young this young Red Wings. Like it's giving. It, I mean, yeah. When was the last juice, time that a Red Wing was projected? Yeah, it the juices the energy. I mean, the fan base has to be stoked that they got two guys already in consideration. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe you want to pump the brakes a little bit to like ease these guys in and like, but it's excitement and you know that's what we have going forward. You've got hope. Yes. Yeah. I'll take hope any day. Take hope rather than pain. Yep. <laughs> um, speaking of hope, you know, let's move over to the Blackhawk side of the podcast because you guys actually have a couple pieces of news this week that we're really happy to talk about. Um, let's talk about the first two. Adam, or sorry, Adam, I almost said Adam. Bokwist is we, gone. Yeah, or Bokust Adam got Adam. We've got a, we still got an Adam. <laughs> we have an Adam somewhere. Alex Nealander and uh, Brandon Hagel both signed contracts with you guys this past week. Alex Nealanders was, I believe, it was what was eight hundred seventy four thousand. It's basically, uh, like, yep, eight hundred seventy four. It's it's basically like a league minimum style contract where it's a player who you kind of just need a roster player and he fills it. Well, I mean, it's more than that uh, because Nealander has and still has, and this is the thing about him: he has a ton of potential like a stupid amount of playmaking ability. He's got, he's got speed. It, the knock on him has always been his work ethic and his motor. And he sort of just sort of zones out a little bit or just sort of stops hustling. Uh, but I think having lost an entire year uh, of his development because of that uh, injury, this is an incredibly reasonable, obviously he didn't fight it or anything like that, but this is a chance to say, Hey, when you were out, it's sort of like, uh, uh, not for two. What's the Svechnikov? Svechnikov. Yeah, oh, yeah. Where guys just 
all of a sudden we have a whole team and Nylander is no longer a guaranteed fit for the team, but this allows the Hawks to say, Hey, now you've got competition. Can you tap into all the things that made you a first round pick? And on Nylander's end, it's an absolute show, show me, prove it year. Uh, and hopefully he can convert it and cash in. Yeah. I mean, you don't hate the deal. I mean, like no. we, I think we said it a couple of weeks ago, Tim, anything less than a million, you can't complain. Nah, it's, it's free money. But I mean, I think, what was the stat? I want to say it was, he was six on the team in goals per 60 uh, in the COVID season. Yep. So he has that untapped offensive potential. He has that shot. He has the playmaking ability that we've seen in the, when we first acquired him, like the hype videos, the training camp videos, like, well, this kid's skilled. You can see it. it. It's just a matter of putting two and two together and the consistency. Yeah. And I think, you know, with the com- competition that's brought in this year, it might light a fire under his ass. You know, that year off might be like, hey, I got to go out here and show something if I'm going to be in the show. And I, I think this is it. You know, I think uh, this one-year deal, like, hey, you're, you're playing cheap this year. Go score some goals. Uh, go do what you're supposed to do, and uh, you can get the big boy bucks. So, yeah, I love this signing. Uh, I know a lot of people are kind of already off the Nylander train, which I don't know why. I mean, we've seen a season of him. Uh, and, even, and like you mentioned in that season, he was in our top six of goal scored. Like yeah. he is the depth scoring that we talk about. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, you can't knock that for under a million and knowing that he's got a lot, his ceiling is a lot higher than a lot of the other guys that we've got in bottom six positions. And he's still only 23 years old. Yeah. That's the stupid thing. Like he's we have young, to remember that he's a kid. So who yeah. never had a real season. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's it was treated like, I mean, not treated he's in maybe, Buffalo. Yeah. He was in Buffalo. They don't so. know what they're doing ever. And then he was on a, a Hawks team that got lucky and made the playoffs uh, because of an extra playoff spot. So uh, I'm, I'm willing to buy in, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm, I think he has still that potential and, you know, we, he just hasn't gotten to show it really because injuries derailed it and then a wonky season and COVID derailed it. So and then a season also maybe a fresh mentality, fresh set of legs and uh, you know, more, another year under the system. So I hope uh, this is, I, I think we see maybe a 20 goal season out of Nylander if he's in the lineup. Consistently. I'd love that. I, I have no reason to not be on board with this. Yeah. Um, the other signing with Chicago had um, Brandon Hagel, the kid who just sort of came out of nowhere. We always talk about diamonds in the roughs are kind of the important pieces for you when you're eventually trying to get to the summit again. Brandon Hagel, this kid came out of literally nowhere. Nobody knew who he was two years ago, except for fringe fans and became a fan favorite works hard is not an expensive player. Um, does everything you want out of a player. He can play very good, competent to a game puts effort every single shift. You can't knock him for that. Just one of those players who you kind of need, if you're going to reach the top of the mountain again, and you guys locked him up to see or locked him up to another contract. It's a three year, uh, 1.5 million cap hit. So three years, 1.5 a year, uh, he's still going to be RFA. He's going to be 25 when that uh, contract is up. I, I mean, Nick, you already know. Like, love I love it. this contract. Love it. I mean, this is when Shaw, one of my personal favorite all-time Hawks, retired. He said, "I see a lot of myself and the role that I play. I see that in Brandon Hagel, and he passed that mantle. And Hagel is like 
he's got the motor that doesn't quit. He's the opposite of the the knock against Nylander. He is constantly buzzing. He doesn't take a shift off. He can play up and down the lineup. Ideally, he's probably a bottom six, middle six guy on a fully competent team, but he can play, if you need him up on that first line, just like we used to do with Shaw, he can go up there. He can get to the dirty areas. He's fast. He knows how to get the puck on somebody's stick and he can get the puck on the net. Like this guy, he's exactly what Chicago gets excited about with any sport. Yeah. I mean, he's a Chicago and true and true. He's a blue collar kind of hockey player. Uh, I think 1.5 is kind of where we had him penciled in at. It's one of those deals that made sense. He's not a superstar, but the thing is he has like, just kind of going past, like just remembering games from last year and going through the, (laughs) <laughs> Every, like there was so many, like he could have scored 20 goals last yeah. year. Like well, he, and, and there's so many times that even when you take points out of it, I can think of tons of different times off the top of my head that I'm listening to, you know, Pat Foley and Eddie O being like, Hey, you know, Kubali scored that goal. But if you go back, that doesn't happen without Brandon Hagel yeah. shooting the puck, knocking this guy, getting it back, getting it over. Like he is involved in everything that's like, you know, we talk all the time about if you don't notice a guy, he's doing his job, you know, you notice him for all the right reasons because he is engaged. He clocked Patrick line. It was like six inches and like a hundred pounds bigger than him. And he just took him out with that. Like I, there's nothing I don't like about him. Yeah. I mean, he's a high motor guy. Even when he does the pucks on his stick, he's still creating chances because he's forcing pass breakups, pass deflections. And you know, all of a sudden the pucks in the black are the, Pucks on the Blackhawks stick and they got an odd man rush. Uh, I love, I mean, like I said, high motor guy, blue collar guy. You got to love this. I mean, locked up for three years and from a, from a guy that wasn't really seen as anything is now like a, he was protected and now a big part of what we have for our future. I love it. An overager in the CHL unsigned by Buffalo. Thank you. Buffalo. Boy, Buffalo could have <laughs> used him right now, uh, but he probably wouldn't be doing anything in Buffalo because they would have screwed him up somehow. Uh, but what a rags to riches, you know, you that diamond in the rough. Exactly. Finding this guy on like the Red Deer, you know, WHL and the Red Deer team. And he has just kicked it up a notch at every level. There's no reason to think that he won't continue to see. He's never, he might not be a you know, top six guy officially, but he will see sustained success throughout his career because of his mentality and his mindset. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I think the more he develops and the, like the more he plays with these guys, he's, I, I think he has more upside offensively than Andrew Shaw does. Andrew Shaw I, did. Yeah. No, I, 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 I agree with you there. And God, I mean, you gotta be excited about these fat. He's deceptively fast. You never, nobody knew about that speed. No, but all of a yeah. sudden he's there and you're like, hey, what? <laughs> like he's blowing past everyone. Uh, but you know, I mean, just quickly, now that we talked about those two uh, recent RFA signings, holy hell, the Blackhawks have a bottom six forward log jam. I mean, yeah. Tyler uh, that's, Johnson. That's a big issue. Tyler Johnson, Brandon Hagel, Dylan Strom, Philip Kershev, Adam Gaudet, Alex Nylander, Ryan Carpenter, Juhar Curia, Brent Connolly, Henrik Borgstrom still has to be in there, Lucas Reichel, Mike Hardman, and Mackenzie Entwistle. I'm excited for this forward group. I... That's Honestly, bottom that bottom, six, like there's a, I'm already putting people in my head. Like, okay, they're going to go there. Like they're going to go down to the HL for a bit. Like we can put them there. That's our 13th forward, but it's going to be a competent, like a real competition this year. And that's, 
really, really exciting. Yeah. I mean, I'm thrilled. I mean, obviously we know our top six kind of set in stone and now we got all these, you know, highly high offensive potential guys in our bottom six. It's like the Blackhawks might be throwing, scoring a lot of goals next season. High offensive, but also defensively yeah. responsible. Oh yeah. There's like, nobody on there. That's a glass cannon. No. Yeah. Like Tyler Johnson. One, he was viewed as one of the better two way centers in the league. I, still, for a while. I like the Tyler Johnson move. Yeah. I, I think that he's going to bring a lot of stability to that middle and bottom six and people can just sort of build around there. It, yeah. I don't like the cap hit, but I like everything else. Yeah. I mean, hell, you could play him with Kane and they're going to him and him, Kane and Debrinka will score some, get a lot of chances. So realistically, yeah. I mean, obviously, I know that's just, I just quickly want to touch on the floor group. Like, I'm I'm excited for it. Yeah. I mean, just that was our final really two pieces of the offseason for the Hawks. That was the final two pieces they really need to lock up and they did. And now it's just basically putting some money onto LTIR and uh, away we go. And it's just Shaw left on LTIR, yeah. right? Because yep. Zach Smith is gone. Uh, Seabrook's gone. Yeah, that was it. Shaw. And I think, I believe we are going to be cap compliant for day one, yeah. which will allow us to then put Shaw on in-season LTIR for in-season flexibility. Yes, we are. That's we, I the, think as of right now, we have like two and a half million when Shaw goes on LTIR in-season. Perfect. Um, now I can't really remember if the NHL said if they were going to do it or not, but do you guys know if we're going to get to have the taxi squad again this year? I don't believe so. No, not as of now. Everything that I've seen is saying that was one year because of COVID, which is what I figured kind of a shame because I kind of liked it, but at the same time, it's going to allow a lot of those guys who were just sitting there to be playing consistent games in the AHL, which isn't bad. So, I mean, I like the system. I liked it a lot, but it, I don't know. I feel like there are teams who would really benefit, especially this season, from that system. The Hawks being one of them. Um, the other pieces of news that we have for the Hawks, and uh, Tony Esposito passes away, the legendary Hawk, number up in the rafters. Just it sucks, but yeah. people get older. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, he lost he lost his brief battle with pancreatic cancer. Uh 76 years old, I want to say it was. Uh you know, obviously we didn't get to watch him play uh, at yeah. the age we are, but he was a Blackhawks ambassador and he embraced that role fully. He was one of those guys that you know every beat reporter would talk nothing but good stories. Like he was always out there talking to fans, shaking hands, kissing babies, doing all that stuff. Uh yeah. He he was just he embraced his role as an ambassador. He lived it and he loved it. I mean he, every time you see him at the Hawks game, he smiles on his face, shake, like I said, shaking hands, talking to fans. And, you know, he's going to, he's one of the best goalies in Blackhawks history and NHL history. I mean, yeah. you got the, you got the nickname Tony O because he recorded so many shutouts his rookie year. He was 15. So banners, fly, banners for his legacy. He's in a stat, he's on a statue. His legacy is always going to be in town with the Chicago Blackhawks. He's one of those people that never going to be forgotten and just an absolute legend. And, uh, you know, I had the pleasure of, you know, not really I'm talking to him for like five seconds outside at the awesome. United Center, but yeah, that's, I mean, it's cool. <laughs> Banners fly forever. His legacy is always going to be in tail with the Chicago Blackhawks organization and uh, prayers with his family, the Blackhawks organization at this time. It's just, uh, you know, a loss of a legend. And that's exactly, again, we've said the word, it's a buzzword right now because of, you know, but he was a legend. Uh, this is one of the quintessential, when you think back at like Hawks history, Tony Esposito is one of the first ones that pop into my head 
I mean, looking at clips and stuff, he was unreal. Uh, he, his style, like everything about him just stood out uh, as not only a goalie, but then like you said, he, I, I feel like him and Makita were the perfect ambassadors for the Hawks when they started the ambassador program. Tonio was out there. He was engaged. He, he wore it with pride. This wasn't just like a ceremonial. All right, we're going to bring you back into the fold. This is a publicity thing. He owned it and said, I am going to do everything I can with this. I, man, exciting to watch again. Like you said, we never got to watch him during his career, but we got to watch clips. Uh, and the guy was ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And yeah, again, just, you know, thinking of his family. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks when, you know, any of these legends that have been built up over time, they, you know, pass away. You think of the family, you think of the organization and everything that they did and their legacy and their legacy. Like you said, banners fly, like his legacy is secure. He was, he's an absolute all-time hawk. So thinking of his family and, you know, thrilled that, we were able to experience that of him, which we were. The last piece of news that I have for the Hawks is uh, Troy. Yeah. Troy Murray. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Uh, is officially diagnosed with cancer. It came out this week. Um, it's unfortunate. I mean, I don't know really what else to say to it at that it's, point. It's unfortunate. Uh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Nick. I mean, again, it's just shitty news after shitty news. Uh, um, former Blackhawks player for many years, and then uh, now our color analyst for play-by-play on the radio. Uh, you know, again, it's tough to talk about these like tragic events, and uh, we went through with Eddie Olchek a couple of seasons ago, and obviously, you know, pray, again, prayers are with the Murray family and Blackhawks organization. It's just, uh, you know, it was with a, within a day each other we got these news about. Yeah, that was a rough week. Yeah, uh, so. Hopefully we get Troy in the booth uh, when he's healthy, but obviously first things first is uh, his health and uh, he's going to fight this battle. And, you know, he's got a whole city of Chicago room for him and along with the whole NHL community. So uh, yeah, I mean, prayers for a speedy fight and uh, fight the good fight, Troy. And, you know, we're hoping uh, we get to listen to you again because he's one of the most entertaining on radio. Oh God. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I would be driving back and forth from college and, one of my joys because I'd get WGN driving from Iowa to back to Illinois and my, you know, going down 80 or 88, the whole way home, yeah. I'd leave at like seven o'clock at night, turn on the Hawks game, be like, let's go. And so I'd be listening to Troy Murray throughout the, like it, a lot of those fond memories that I have of those drives. He's a big part of that. And like the, the whole radio crew, but like Troy Murray is one that definitely stands out. Uh, and you're right. He's got an entire army at, yeah. <laughs> at his back with Chicago. We rally. Uh, he's got a hell of a fight ahead of him and he he's equipped to take that fight. I, you know, hoping the best for him, thinking of his family, thinking of him. Uh, not much more you can say. We're, we're pulling for you. Yeah. Fight a good fight, Troy. Um. I feel like that's all the Hawks and the Wings right. news that we had this week. I have just one little update. We did the awards update. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury is currently sitting second in Vezina odds this season at plus seven hundred. Yeah, not so a big deal. Well, gets little, yeah. It gets you a little excited. So there's a yeah. He had a bright night. We couldn't end on some sad news. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. So, uh, good. Some good goalie news for the Hawks. 
Um, there is one piece of league news that I want to talk about really quick. Um, so the NHL this past week has officially announced all the game dates and all the game times. So as it stands right now, it looks like the 82 game season is a go. This, all these times are set. So the arenas obviously are all planning these games to happen. They're starting to make staffing, uh, what's the word staffing schedules. So as of right now, hockey is going to be fans in the stands, fellas. I'm so excited. It's, it's going to be so good. And again, a lot of the stadiums, a lot of the organizations are requiring a vaccination card are requiring like there, there's structures and securities in place. So like, I'm hoping I'll feel good going to a game, but like, I think it's going to be, in fact, I know it's going to be packed houses as packed as it can be. Uh, man, that's really exciting to have the fans back. That's just going to add, I know the players are excited about it, but even watching games at home, it just adds that whole other element to the game that I am just super jazzed for. I mean, yeah, it's a complete, I mean, as for the Hawks perspective, it, it's like a complete 180 from, I mean, besides the two games last year, it's like, yeah, they, they went from oh, our teams back to being middling to like, they're coming back. Like we have a whole new team. We get, like we're excited to go pack the UC right now. So yeah. uh yeah, it's gonna be uh, let's just hope this whatever this Delta variant holds off and uh you know we, our medical uh technology continues and I don't know. I just I'm tired of talking about COVID. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, I'm <laughs> sick of it. We should we should uh we should have beat this by now. Yeah, uh, I, I just want to see there was stadiums. A, <laughs> if only there was a way to do that. Uh but no, that's having fans back in the stand. I mean, fans are such a, no other of the big sports in the U S relies on ticket sales and fans as as much as the NHL. And man, it's just, it's a whole missing piece of the games of of the whole system. And so I'm just over the moon that they're going to have fans back. I mean, after all, it's what this is what the games are for. It's for yep. It's for the fans. It's for their entertainment. And uh, you know, yeah, let's hope we have a full season of packed houses all over, all across the United States and uh, the eight teams in Canada. And I mean, away we go. There we go. Can you guys imagine how loud the chants are going to be at Little Caesars and at the United Center when the teams stupid. come back? It's going to be a lot. Le- that first Nick, that first national anthem that Cornelison <sighs> rolls out. It's going to be, it's going to be insane. I'm so excited. And then when Detroit comes to town, we get that Detroit sucks chant going. Oh baby. I'm I'm already thinking about when Keith comes back and they do the, you know, the return for him, like everything is going to be so everything that would have been electrifying to begin with is going to be so supercharged this year. It's going to be insanity. I'm, I'm so excited. I don't know. I just, I thought that was a great piece of news to come out this week and it's, yeah, it's great. It's, it's what hockey is all about. It's about the fans in the stands cheering and shouting and screaming. It just, it's the experience. I went to a game last season when they only did like, you know, like the 25 capacity or whatever it was, it wasn't the same. It just was not the same. They still got to celebrate not only Patrick Kane's a thousand game, but it's a thousand point too, right? And we have a lot of celebrations <laughs> yeah. to catch up on. And frankly, it's a big deal as well for all the wage and gig workers. Like yeah. a lot of 
I don't know about the little Caesars arena, but I know with the United center, it's a lot of like contracts and like, we're bringing in these people to do this stand. And you know, it's a bunch of different contracts and a bunch of gig and like wage workers. Those were a lot of jobs that people were without for the last two years. I'm, I'm jazzed for them. You know, I've personally got a lot of, I know a lot of people that work either, you know, like socks park and like things like that. We're going to have that back. Every, everything starts to just move forward again. That's fantastic. Um, I feel like that's a good note to end this, or yeah. end this episode on. Positive. Positive. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> um, for anybody who's still t- uh, listening or watching to the show or watching the show, we appreciate you guys tuning in at the end of the day. This show is by us, but it's for you guys to enjoy. We enjoy interacting with you guys whenever we get the chance. If you do want to get in touch with the show and contact us, we've got ample ways for you to do it. We're on Twitter. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Apple podcasts. We're on YouTube. You can email us like we're on Facebook. There are ample ways to do it. If you want to get in touch with us on Twitter, the Twitter handle is at StickBladePod. If you want to find us on YouTube, just type in StickBladePodcast will come up. Um, if you want to find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, StickBladePodcast will come up. If you want to find us on SoundCloud, it's SoundCloud.com slash StickBladePodcast. You, if you want to email us even, it's StickBladePod, or yeah, it's StickBladePodcast at gmail.com. Facebook, StickBladePodcast will show up. However you get your podcast fix, we're probably on it. So feel free to get in touch with us. Give us a like, follow, share, whatever the social media currency is of choice on the platform that you like. And in the meantime, God, does it look good to have hockey back. For your host, Jordan Linscott, and for my co-host, Tim Stavonato and David Barnhouse, this has been another edition of the Stick Play Podcast. (laughs) Hockey's back, fellas. Hockey's back.